Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Shout, a Buffalo football podcast. Hosted. By Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot. No place else you'd rather be than right here, right now. When it's too tough for them, it's just right. The Bills make me wanna. What is up, everyone? Thursday night, uh, we got ourselves a football game uh, this Sunday. The Las Vegas Raiders will host your Buffalo Bills, uh, 3-0 Bills versus 2-1 Raiders. Uh, we're going to break that that game down a little bit tonight. Uh, I am Matt Perino. He is my co-host, Ryan Talbot. This is the, sh- the Shout Buffalo Bills football podcast. Uh, and, and we were live last night for a little over an hour, but we're coming right back at you 24 hours later because you know we got a football team all of a sudden, Ryan, that everybody wants to talk about. Yeah, you know, the, the fans want as much content as possible. We're happy to provide it. And like you said, big game this weekend, 3-0 Bills, 2-1 and Raiders. So why not get together again 24 hours after we just did it uh, one night ago? Well, we're so uh, appreciative of your viewership and your uh, everybody that's listened on all the audio platforms. You have made this uh, a smashing success of a podcast, and we are now officially sponsored by Topps. Uh, friendly markets your neighborhood store with more uh make sure you check them out on all their social uh channels um we're really excited about the partnership and uh yeah a lot of fun stuff in store uh over the next few months of this football season all right raiders versus bills uh we're gonna welcome in a guest in a moment here uh but this is this could be a fun one this could be another offensive showdown ryan with the the bills coming in this game is the third uh ranked scoring offense in the nfl the raiders the eighth uh obviously they struggled a little bit last week against the patriots and we're going to talk to our guests a little bit about that in that game last week but really Derek carr on one side josh Allen on the other side this could be a fun game from an offensive perspective yeah the raiders had 34 points in uh, their first two games of the season then 20 last week like you mentioned struggled a little bit there uh, against the Patriots, which a lot of good teams do because that defense is still very good uh, despite losing a lot of talent. So a lot of talent on both sides of the ball. Obviously, uh, the Raiders kind of enter this one a little bit banged up, which we'll talk about here in a few minutes. But they, they do have a premier tight end in Darren Waller. Uh, they have a great young running back. So th- there's some interesting matchups to watch for sure. Um, all right. So let's get my guy in here, I'm sure he has all of the Josh Allen takes for us tonight. Mr. Adam Hill of the Las Vegas Review Journal. 
What's up, buddy? How are you? What's up, man? I like that you. Uh, I like that you said you're appreciative of all your guests and or, of all your viewers, and then you're like, "Oh, now we're gonna make you hate us by bringing Adam on." <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Uh, yeah, you're gonna torture torture your viewers by bringing me on. That's all right, though. No, but see, you're coming in in a much different role this this week. This is not, you know, uh, jaded former Bills fan Adam Hell. This is Las Vegas Raiders reporter Adam Hell. You know, you're you're the, you're our feet on the ground. So you're going to bring that uh, insight into the show I can, tonight. I can try. I was trying to decide which of my, you know, many Bills jerseys to wear for this <laughs> for this broadcast. Uh, I was definitely going to go Stevie Johnson, one of my favorite all-time players. Mm. Uh, but I felt like, hey, listen, I'm I'm here as an objective beat writer from the other team to let you guys know what's going on in Vegas. So I will not do that. But uh, yeah, I I have a very extensive history of being an obsessed Buffalo Bills fan. In fact. I will. I, I. I am sad to say. Actually, I'm not. I'm proud to say. Uh, Matt Perino got to see me cry, uh, <laughs> laying on the floor at the Westgate Superbook when the Bills made the playoffs uh, a couple years back uh, with the Andy Dalton play. So yeah, you have. Uh, you've. You've witnessed some. Some moments of my fandom with the Bills. Yeah, we bonded that that day. Uh, in that sports book. So one thing uh, that you should know, Adam and I, uh, you know, got to know each other uh, on the UFC beat. Uh, I was working for the UFC. He obviously covered the fight game for many, many years. And actually it's perfect that you're on tonight because everybody (laughs) thinks this little doll here is CM Punk. This is not CM Punk. Stop it. This is the ultimate fighter himself, Forrest Griffin. So have some respect folks that's that's just terrible all right before like, we get by the way it's like 20 years ago matt so i don't really think you can complain that people don't know about that <laughs> nobody was even watching the sport then listen if i had a jerry rice up here do you think people would just be like uh you know that's zay jones is that zay jones <laughs> like come on like let, let's get real let's have some respect for the legends here uh and, all right anyway moving on speaking, oh, speaking of legends how excited are people for the zay jones and nate peterman reunion this weekend that was going to be one of my first questions <laughs> yeah. we might as well oh, grab yeah. it right off the bat here i'm interested like i mean peterman is one Derek carr injury away from playing correct uh yeah that's correct uh <laughs> and oh by the way richie incognito too i i mean how soon we forget uh mm. a full a full complement of former bills uh, out here in the desert but yeah uh, it, there there is the possibility if you know if Derek car goes down at some point it will be nate peterman on the field which i'm sure bills fans will be very very disappointed to have to go against nate peterman i'm sure nobody will be jumping up and down for joy if nate peterman came on the field what's going on with uh zay jones because obviously he you know he could be prominently featured uh this week obviously he had the yeah. monday night football touchdown um, what are, what are the thoughts about him, you know, within the organization, John Gruden, uh, how has he settled into whatever role he has there since cu- coming over in the trade? Yeah, they love him. And he will have a much more prominent role this weekend with no Henry Ruggs, no Brian Edwards, Brian Edwards out. Henry Ruggs, very doubtful. He's not playing this week. So Zay Jones, Nelson Aguilar will be pressed into much, much more expanded roles, uh, mm-hmm. for the team this year or this week. And uh, I think you will see a lot of it. Now, they love him. I know Derek Carr really loves Zay Jones. Zay Jones was one of the players that kind of came out here to Las Vegas. Derek Carr said he stayed with him for a while at the house. Uh, they were doing the the pickup games, the workouts at a local park. Actually, it was like right around the corner from my house. So I walked down there a few times and and got to watch as about, you know, 20 to 30 players would get together. Uh, and that, that pass on Monday Night Football that you're referring to is one that Derek and Zay worked on time and time again at the park uh, in the summer. And they missed on it um, week one. 
They, they connected on it week two for a touchdown. Uh, he didn't have a whole lot of snaps, but he took advantage of them. And um, they, they really are impressed with the growth that Zay Jones has shown as a football player. And as I said, this week, they're going to find out how he can handle an expanded role because he's going to be out there a lot. Yeah, so you already said that, you know, top two wide receivers are likely out. You have some injuries on that offensive line, too. You mentioned Richie Incognito. You know, looking at the injury report, who are you not expecting to see out there on Sunday? Uh, well, Trent Brown has played three plays this year, and that includes training camp. Like, he, he came in out of shape. Uh, the big right tackle who signed a massive deal with the uh, the Raiders last year. Came and in he camp played well last year, right? Well, that could be debated. I, okay. I mean, the off, the offensive line played really well, but he missed a lot of time, and they actually huh. – numbers can be misleading. Numbers can say whatever you want them to say. I, I get that. But their offense was much more efficient. They, they scored much more points per possession when he was not on the field than when he was. But, again, he is a – he is a when he wants to be, when he's playing at his best, when he's giving effort, he's, he's I think, one of the better right tackles you'll find. But that just doesn't happen enough. Comes into camp out of shape. Uh, took a couple weeks for him to even get on the field, barely got on the field at all during training camp, and then placed three plays uh, in that opener, and then he's done. And there's some growing frustration in the building that he's not doing everything he can to get back on the field. They didn't put him on IR. They thought he'd be back sooner than three weeks. This will be the third game he's missing. Uh, there's definitely some frustration there, but uh, he was out. But the crazy part about, about him getting hurt in that first game, three plays into the game, he goes down. So they go to Sam Young, his backup, Ten plays later, he goes down. So now they go Denzel Good, who has played nothing but guard for the Raiders the last couple of years. They move him over to tackle. He actually plays fairly well. Now the issue is you plug John Simpson, one of their draft picks, their fourth-round pick out of Clemson, in at guard. Uh, he hasn't been good. I mean, I, the, mm -hmm. the, you can use whatever negative expl or ne negative uh, uh, phrase you want to about how he's played. It's been bad. And so – that's kind of where it fills in. When you start you start finding guys, and uh, I think one of the old terminologies, the old phrases you hear around Vegas a lot is injuries are very overrated in the NFL. They just are. Like, there's enough guys to have a second string that's really, really good. But when you have a problem is when you have cluster injuries. So when you have several injuries and you're trying to fill in at different spots, that's when it's really a problem. And the Raiders are dealing with cluster injuries on the offensive line, no question about it. And like I said, you fill in well. Denzel Good slides over to tackle, no problem. But now you got John Simpson, a rookie in there, who's just not ready, especially uh, as a pass blocker. As a run blocker, he's okay. As a pass blocker, he's nowhere close to ready uh, to playing at this level. So uh, with Incognito on, on IR, that's what I meant by the reunion there of uh, Incognito is is here. He's just not going to play. Um, it's it's tough, and they're they're trying to fill in the best they can. But it's it's been uh, it's been an adventure, and I think you saw that show up a little bit last week. Yeah, and this, you know, it's an interesting storyline going in the game because this is a defense that uncharacteristically gave up 29 points in less than two quarters last week. That seems to be, you know, from the outside looking in, probably reeling a little bit. There's still confidence in the building. There, I think that they're they're kind of, you know, Tredavious White has said that this is it's September. There was no preseason. Uh guys are just kind of getting used to playing. But I think for a defensive line that while the sack numbers haven't been, you know, outstanding, I think they're they're still top ten in the league. They are pressuring the quarterback. So I think if you go up against, you know, an offensive line with all these kind of moving parts here, with guys that are going out, guys that are going in, this could be a big big day for this Bills defensive line. Now, uh, sure, I think it definitely could be. Um, the the issue is, like, you've got to get there quick because Derek Carr is not holding the ball, mm -hmm. uh, for better or worse. I mean, I think there's there's positives and negatives to that. 
Um, but he's just getting rid of it. And so no real deep shots, especially with when Ruggs has not been on the field. They just haven't even looked deep. Uh, it's it's three steps and out, five steps and out. There's no, there's really no time to get to him. Now, the Patriots did eventually a little bit when the Raiders fell behind and they had to start looking downfield a little bit more. But for the most part, sorry if that's mine. I don't, I don't think it is. Um, for the most part, uh, he just gets the, he just gets he gets rid of the ball. So mm-hmm. there's not a there's not a whole lot of time to get to him. Is that a, somebody getting that hit? It? Somebody getting hit by a train? Yeah, no, it's yeah, it's a train. It's near my house. I live near a train, <laughs> and, and I have this snowball mic that Matt Perino got me, and it picks up everything, including that wow. train. So yeah, sounds that like was... a third down for the Bills, right? Yeah, that was that was pretty loud, impressive. Yeah, um, interesting. So I, I think that you know, to your point, that that's one of the things that I thought Jared Goff did a good job of last week. He was very um, deliberate in in getting rid of the ball. It's why he's been so successful, I think, early on this week. So that'd be something to you know to watch. But you know, tell me a little bit about Edwards and and um, rugs. Thank rugs. Yeah. I mean. There was a lot of excitement around around them right in training camp, and and now already three weeks into the season, and you know you're you're down to Renfro and and Zay Jones, Renfro, Zay Jones, Nelson Aguilar, yes, um, Nelson Aguilar. I can't forget and him. Uh, and don't forget the uh, star of Hard Knocks last year, Keelan Doss, who is Ooh, a practice squad right. guy, but could very well uh, have a role uh, with mm-hmm. Rugs and Edwards out. Um, so Henry Rugs is is just speed, and I say just speed. He's got more, obviously, but he's just they love his speed. He's he was one of the fastest guys in the combine. I think he did run the fastest 40 at the combine. He can he could just blaze down the field, and that's something that this offense was def- desperately missing. They mm-hmm. needed a deep threat. They wanted to go get Henry Ruggs and get out. I thought it was a mistake. Uh I actually did a lot of drafts uh scouting for us, did a lot of mock drafts and things like that. I thought Justin Jefferson was better than Henry Ruggs, and I had Henry Ruggs as the fourth receiver off the board. And the Raiders took him as the first receiver off the board uh, in the draft. And that was, that's, they'll tell you, we loved his feet. We fell in love with his feet. And that's old school Raiders. That is, hmm. find the fastest guy and draft him. And that's, you know, kind of a nod to Al Davis and what he liked to do. Now, Henry Ruggs is more than speed. He's a guy that's, he's a playmaker with the ball in his hand. They wanted to use him a lot on a lot of, a lot of end arounds, a lot of, you know, fly sweeps and just everything they could do to get the ball in his hand because they say, hey, he can stretch the field vertically. But he can mm-hmm. also stretch the field horizontally. There's so much he can do. And he was doing that in the first half of that Panthers game. He gets hurt uh, on a kind of a rough tackle. Uh, the defender falls on the back of his leg. He stays in the game, but is just not effective. And then he tried to play against the Saints on Monday night. Was not effective at all. He did draw a pass interference, but he was mostly a decoy in that game. He just has not been there. So uh, that is a, a dynamic, explosive part of the offense that is certainly missing. Edwards is the guy I'm – for the, for the long-term prospects, kind of more excited about, uh, surprisingly enough. He's a guy that I think could have been a late first-round, early second-round pick, if not for the fact that there was like 12 first-round draft picks that were uh, worthy among the receivers. Uh, and the fact that he got injured at, at the end of last year uh, at South Carolina and really wasn't able to go through the pre-draft process. Mm-hmm. I think the Raiders got a steal in Brian Edwards. But again, now he's hurt. Now he's not going to be out there. Uh, and so his development is slowed a little bit. Uh, so you go to the veterans here in the uh, in the wide receiver core, but yeah, I think long term those guys are going to be effective weapons. It's just you got to be on the field. Real, yeah. real, real quick before we go on to the next topic, he was injured on that one play where he was kind of tackled awkwardly, right? Like that was the play that he got hurt on, or Edwards or Rugs? Edwards last week. I mean, like the answer to the answer to both is yes. But yeah, okay. uh, if you saw it, lo- it looked like a horse collar. It wasn't. 
Uh, uh-huh. But it was a play that looked like a horse collar tackle is how I would describe it. It just, I'm not saying it should have been flagged. I'm just saying that's the, you know, a guy coming from behind, grabbed the back of his jersey, pulled him down, but he didn't get inside the, inside the collar or anything. That always amazes me that, you know, a guy like Edwards who, you know, all anybody talked about during the draft process was his penchant for injuries and his inability to stay healthy. And like, I get it. You want to fight for every yard, but man, just go down, learn how to get tackled because he got yeah. like, he got bent like a, like an accordion. I mean, that was a pretty gross play. Yeah. And, and I think especially, you know, with the fact that they had already been dealing with rugs, not being on the field, everybody just kind of was deflated. Just watching that, watching Edwards go down. It's like, God, you got two standout rookie receivers that are starting. And now they're both injured. Yeah, real quick, I, I love Brian Edwards. I, I had a mock to the Bills a few times in mock drafts, so I do think the Raiders have a good one there uh, long term. But transitioning over to John Gruden, John Gruden had high praise for Josh Allen this week, comparing him to John Elway of all quarterbacks. You know, do the Raiders have the type of defense? Are, are they equipped to slow down or to stop Josh Allen on Sunday? Uh, no. I mean, I, as Matt will tell you, I you know I would say Josh Allen will stop himself at some point. That's what's mm-hmm. going to happen. Uh, but no, the Raiders, Josh Allen should have a massive day. If you're a fantasy player, plug him in. Like the the Raiders have zero pass rush, and they can't cover. It's kind mm-hmm. of a tough combination to play defense in the NFL if you've got those two things. So the, I don't think they're going to be able to get to him. Although it can be argued, Josh Allen is maybe better when you get to him and he has to run and do something. You can't really. You know, and just can't just stand in the pocket and look around. Uh, but yeah, I don't think they're going to get to him. I think he can stand in the pocket as much as he wants. And if he wants to run, he'll probably be able to run. They've had trouble with mobile quarterbacks, although they did a pretty good job containing Cam Newton last week. Uh, but the run game just destroyed them. Uh, so that might be a strategy of kind of play the same way you play Cam and just make the run game beat you, uh, make the Bills have the run game beat them. I, I don't know what they're going to try to do. But yeah, it's not a it's not a great matchup because the Raiders cannot get to the quarterback at all. So let me ask you a question is because I'm not in Vegas. We don't spend a lot of time around each other anymore. Like, is this like a, like in public brand thing where you, you're kind of anti bills, but like you go back on game pass on Sunday night no. and you watch the bills and your bills Jersey. And you're like, Oh my gosh. Like, you know, I, I still want them to win and all that, all that kind of stuff. Or is how's that? How does part, that play out? Part of that is true. Uh, <laughs> I like I'll every week I'll, I watch the all 22 for the Raiders three times and the bills twice. Uh-huh. So I do the Raiders one for work, and I'm still obsessed with the Bills, even though now it's out of hatred, not love. Uh, <laughs> it's the exact opposite. Um, but yeah, I mean, I still very, very closely follow them. Uh, right. I just said I would never cheer for them again. Got you. Um, go back and, and I, listen, listen to... all my all my family is still there too. So you know, I've, I I have that and uh, have that connection. Oh, look at uh, Sam Darnold, the long touchdown run uh, to go. start off the Jets game. Hey, listen, Man. him and Josh Allen train together every off season, so he's got to be taking something from those uh, experiences. Uh, anyway, way, Sam, Sam Darnold's still better than Josh Allen, by the way. Oh, gosh. Switch, oh, switch, no. switch them. Oh. Switch them. Switch them. What happens? Switch well, teams, what happens? Of course, but that, yeah. I, I don't think that you can argue it that way because you can. No, you can't because it, it's about, you know, coming into the league. Like, of course, like if Sam Darnold was in a better situation, of course, I think he'd be much better. I think that, you know, he has the potential to be good um, still. But I think that that's kind of like a slippery slope. I think that Josh Allen at this point, you know, these first three weeks is a direct result of everybody in that organization and what they've done to put him there. And sure. I think that everything that's happened to Baker Mayfield is the same thing. Like, 
I wasn't super high on him coming out. I didn't think he deserved to be the first overall draft pick, but I do think that he's a lot better than, you know, the situations and circumstances has put him in. Oh, uh, Matt, circumstances is every, it's everything. There are, there are many like potential great players, especially quarterbacks, potentially great players, even borderline like superstar players that just ended up in the wrong situation and they never got a chance to succeed. Like that mm-hmm. has happened. Like, I absolutely think that. And I like, I'm not even going to, like, I can't, I'm not saying anybody in particular. I just think we see it all the time of if you don't have the right circumstance, if you don't go to the right place and they don't know how to deal with you, they don't know how to put you in the right positions, you'll never hear of them. Like, yeah. I, I, I absolutely believe that's true. Like, what is Tom Brady, Tom Brady, if he gets drafted by the Jaguars? I doubt it. Like, I don't think so. He, yeah. he, he was in a perfect circumstance for him. And I'm not saying Belichick made him. I'm not even, even going down that argument. I'm just saying you you end up in a perfect circumstance for you, and that's how you succeed. He could have gone to Jacksonville as a you know second, third stringer like he did in New England, and they mm-hmm. never appreciated him. Nobody gets hurt in front of him. He's a backup for like five years. Like right. those things can happen. But you know, so yeah, I I think what the Bills have done tremendously is just say, okay, we're building around this guy, and we're all in on him, and we'll we'll make it succeed. And uh, Brian Dable is a freaking genius. Like I said, I, I spend, I watch the only all 22s I really watch is Bills and Raiders. And I'm just like, I'm watching it every week. Like, my goodness, like <laughs> this offense is incredible. Right. And I, I think that's a lot. I think that was a lot of him figuring out how to put Josh Allen in the best situations possible for him. And it's about getting good players. Like look at, sure. look at Sam Darnold in New York. Sure. He's, he's surrounded by a bunch of just, you know, not very good players. Stefan Diggs is literally, I think he's in the conversation maybe with three or four guys as one of the best receivers in the league because of what he's able to do every week, consistently every week. You know, you look what, you know, DeAndre Hopkins, obviously Michael Thomas, and, um, you know, there's so many, like, you know, elite receivers, and look what they do for their quarterbacks. I think that, you know, some of the greatest quarter. you look at Peyton Manning, look who he had to work with his entire career. He had Marvin Harrison, uh, who, you know, is he a Hall of Famer? I don't, I'm, I'm blanking here, but should be. I mean, the, when you get good players around quarterbacks, they tend to do better. And so I- unless you're in Cleveland and, and you get Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry and it still doesn't work, but that I think has more to do with, you know, the coaching staff and the decision-making in the, in the front office. Um, and, and I think to a degree, the bills, I don't want to say they lucked into it, but they, they did kind of, um, you know, get very, very, um, Again, I don't want to say lucky, but to to land Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott and have it be this kind of vision, this cohesive vision. I mean, it's a match made in heaven. And ever ever since that happened, it, everything that everything that they've done has turned to gold. Those those dudes are incredible. Like watching, you know, from I mean, it's just amazing what they've done there. And by the way, like the power of the NFL is so crazy. Uh, I'm just seeing that both Patrick Mahomes and LeBron James just tweeted about that Sam Darnold touchdown run. Wow, this it's crazy. You just put a game on Thursday night, and everybody's going to be watching it. The poor Where Cardinals and Padres are trying to play a a playoff game right now. And nobody cares. <laughs> Where are you on uh, Lamar Jackson? Uh, I mean, incredibly high. Hmm. I think the guy, guy is unbelievable. Um, he, I think he's still learning when they're in when they are in obvious passing situations. Uh, it's a different world. Uh, but I, I, I do I do enjoy when people point out like, well, when they fall behind, 
he really struggles. He rarely falls. He's fallen behind like four times in his career. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he is struggling to learn that aspect of things. But I'll take never falling behind. That's pretty nice. <laughs> we were talking about this yesterday. Like, um, I think that he is in a very interesting position going into the playoffs this year based on his first two playoff performances. Sure. Because, listen. He's different than than Allen in the fact that he's always going to have that MVP season to hang his hat on. And I think that that'll carry you a long way. But I think he's got to be better in the playoffs. I think that, listen, the the good defenses that he'll face have a plan for him. And they frustrate him. And they, you know, they don't have a lot of – that's another guy. And I think this makes what Lamar's done even more impressive. They don't have a real lot of talent at the receiver positions. And if those tight ends don't have it going, he's kind of out there kind of doing a solo job. Yeah, and and I thought uh, watching some of that back uh, after the fact, like obviously when you're watching it live, just like everybody else, you're just kind of hanging out, talking, goofing around, whatever. When you when you watch it back, I actually thought Andrews had a really bad game from a standpoint of he just he wasn't getting open. I thought there was opportunities to get open, and listen, quarterbacks can't do anything if their guys don't get open. I mean, no quarterback is gonna you can't just you can't just throw it to a guy that has somebody draped all over him. And I thought Andrews at times uh, was really struggling, and then. A couple times that he did pop open, he missed them, and th- that's just that's just a fact. And so, uh, yeah, I think it was a that was a tough spot for them. And you're right when when you have better teams and they're more schemed up for you, it becomes a lot more difficult. But uh, I've I've liked some of the progression that you've seen from his passing game, and of course his running game is just it's another level. The guy is unbelievable. And here's the thing about him: is everybody keeps saying he's going to get hurt. He doesn't really take hits. He doesn't. It's crazy. Speaking of running game, as you just mentioned, you transitioning Perfect. back Good. to the Raiders game. <laughs> yeah, right. Professional. Uh, Josh Jacobs is a player that'll be playing on Sunday for the Raiders. Uh, you know, a really good back, had a really nice rookie season, but he's only averaging 3.7 yards per carry right now. Uh, e- even though the Bills have struggled to stop the run lately, what's the story right now with Jacobs in terms of why he's not getting more on the ground? You did mention, uh, uh, you know, the offensive line and how yeah. they've had to put someone in. Uh, Simpson, who's kind of struggling there. So is that the whole deal or, or what's going on there with Josh Jacobs? I think that's the biggest element of it. There's also, uh, you know, there's certain guys that you watch and like six or seven times a game, they're they're injured and have come off the field and they, they miss two or three plays and they come back in. Like that's him. He is such a, he, he doesn't avoid contact. He looks for contact. Uh, he wants to seek it out. He wants to run you over. Uh, that's just the kind of back that he is. And that's going to take a toll. And I think his body just gets worn down very quickly. Um, he He's so good at eluding tackles. Last year, I believe, he uh, one of the you know uh, sites that kind of tracks these things had him as the leading tackle breaker uh, in the NFL. I think another one had him second. But he's among the best at breaking tackle in the league, running through contact, yards after uh, contact, all those other things. Uh, but he just – he's so physical. And it just takes such a toll. So uh, he's been banged up a little bit has come off the field several times and then tried to, you know, come back in and gut it out. And here's the other thing, like, that, their offense right now, you mentioned the 34 points. It's been very weird. So after two games, they had 34 points in both games, exactly mm-hmm. 34, and everybody was all excited. And my thought was, this is not sustainable. This is not 1985. <laughs> you, can't, you can't run for three yards, run for three yards, and then pass for four or five. Like, mm-hmm. you just can't do that. That's not how football is played anymore. And it was working for two games, but then last week, penalties, turnovers, like that's why you can't play that way. 
because at some point you're going to beat yourself. Now, the first two games, they only had three penalties. They had no turnovers. Uh, they had one that was on a pitch that was that should have been caught by the running back, and he dropped it. That was Jalen Richard. But uh, one turnover in two games and then six total penalties. So they weren't beating themselves at all, and they were able to just go three, three, four, three, three, five. Like th That was just how they were moving the ball, but it was working. And last week it kind of caught up with them, the penalties, the turnovers, and it wasn't working anymore. But that, that's what Josh Jacobs does. Like, hey, he'll get hit one yard behind the line of scrimmage and pick up three. And and that's the kind of runner that he is. And he's I think he's special, uh, especially this year with him developing a little bit more in the in the receiving game. That was his goal. He really wasn't involved at all. He was coming off the field a lot last year. Uh, that that wasn't the case the first two weeks. Now last week, I think he only played about fifty seven percent of the snaps because they were behind and they wanted to get even a more effective uh, pass catcher in there and and um, Jalen Richard and a little bit of Devonte Booker as well. Uh, but Josh Jacobs wants to be on the field all the time. He's working on his receiving game to get there, but. He's just a guy that, you know, he's going to get you a little bit more than you should on every single play, but sometimes that's only three yards out of a one-yard game. Well, I'm glad we had you on because you're the perfect guy with all the tape you're watching on these two teams to give us the prediction. How's this thing going to play out on Sunday? Uh, it could get real. By the way, this is this is a, oh, this is is not a Raiders hat. I just want to make sure people know I'm not, I'm not actually – somebody was like, are you wearing a Raiders hat on this? Like, no, it's, it's a UNLV hat. It's just a baseball uh, team. So – um, I think it's going to get ugly for the Raiders, honestly. I, I think it's going to be really bad. Uh, this is this is a team that got a big bump, I think, out of playing their first game at Allegiant Stadium on Monday Night Football against the Saints. Even though there was no fans there, I think it was one of those big moments. And by the way, we you know we follow uh, – we judge teams in Vegas by if they cover, not if they win or lose the game. And, uh, <laughs> the, and uh, now it's six straight teams that have opened a new stadium have covered. Hmm. Uh the uh, it was four in a row that had won outright, and then the Chargers covered but didn't win against the Chiefs in opening SoFi for themselves, and then uh, the Raiders covered obviously uh, at Allegiant. So I think they got a big bump from that. Um, obviously, you don't get that again in the second game. Uh, that's only a one-time thing, I think. So <laughs> uh, the matchup just isn't great. They can't get to the quarterback uh, now. They now they've got Damon Arnett, their rookie uh, first-round pick at corner, who looks like he's going to miss six months. I actually was just watching as we came on here his Instagram story. It looks like he posted a surgery photo from the, uh, the recovery room at the hospital. Oh no. Uh, so it looks like he had the, the, the thumb surgery in the last couple hours. Uh, so he's going to be down like six to six weeks, probably at least. Uh, so that's going to deplete their secondary even more. Uh, if you can't get to the quarterback and you can't cover, not a really good recipe for success in the NFL. Mm. And, uh, and offensively, they're just, you know, I don't see them being able to exploit uh, the, you know, the deficiencies we've seen in the bills, especially with the linebackers getting healthy uh, and the fact that you know the offensive line is so banged up for the Raiders, so uh, I would absolutely say the Bills should come in and, and win fairly easily. Um, Trayvon Mullen, what, oh, what do you think fantastic. here? Fantastic. Okay, so so I mean, his job's going to be Stephon Diggs, and so is that a marquee matchup? Do you think he holds his own in that matchup? Because we saw another young cornerback in Miami, uh, Igbenogany. That really struggled. Obviously, that's a rookie, much different situation. Uh, well, last Mullen's week, thought, Mullen's only second year. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Ramsey did a much better job over the course of the game, but even still, Diggs finds a way to make a play, score a touchdown, and then, oh by the way, Cole Beasley and Gabriel Davis were able to eat a little bit. Yeah, uh, well, I I would think if they do go Mullen uh, on Diggs exclusively, which I don't I don't necessarily know that they will. Mm -hmm. um, Especially if Diggs moves around, because Mullen doesn't really tend to travel, uh, okay. so I, I would say he'll just he'll just be he'll just be on uh, on the right side and just covering whoever's over there. So 
yeah, I, I think you're you're going to see the Bills find ways to uh, to really exploit that defense with with Arnett out. You'll see a lot more Nevin Lawson, who's the most experienced of the corners, but he's not necessarily great. I think I I, I need to look up the stat. I could be off on this, but uh, I'll, since we're doing this live, I'll just throw it out there. Uh, I believe he has the most snaps of any corner to never have an interception mm. in the NFL. That's which, a nice little piece of trivia. Not necessarily. Uh, it, it, it's not necessarily your job to get an interception. It's just to to not let the receiver catch it. But at some point, you would expect uh, maybe <laughs> maybe one. Yeah. Uh, so, there. so yeah, it's uh it's going to be a struggle, I think, uh, in coverage for the Raiders and. Uh, I don't know how many people were watching the Patriots game last week, but Jonathan Abram is a guy that they are so excited about uh, with the Raiders. Like they think he's going to be a star safety at some point, but man, did the Patriots figure out a way to exploit him last week by isolating him, uh, having him allowing him to run up to the line of scrimmage free and just mm-hmm. over pursue everything. And they were just, they were just, it was just, it was a get, get guys isolated on him. One cut back and go. And he was fanning on a lot of different plays. So uh, wasn't good. Oh, and here's one more thing: nineteen percent of tackle attempts the Raiders have missed this year. That's an NFL high. So, not Ooh. a lot of things going well defensively. <laughs> well, it's going to be fun. I- I'm so bummed that I'm not out there, so we can go uh, hit Naked City Pizza, uh, the Buffalo oh. uh, Chicken Wing Joint out there. It would have been a great time. I saw Chris putting together a little uh, little contest here for the weekend. Uh, so it's exciting, and there's actually going to be a lot of Bills fans still there. So. Uh, if you're going to Vegas or if you're if you're living out in Vegas, uh, enjoy the party because I think there's going to be a big one this weekend. Dude, I Thanks. I uh, I went to that the last time the Bills played the Saints on the road. I uh, went down to New Orleans for that, and my goodness, Bourbon Street was just <laughs> out of control. I don't I, like I only saw Bills fans there, and I feel like it'll be the same in Vegas if there's a uh, anytime soon that the Bills get to return here. I know it probably won't be for a while, but. Uh, it does suck that there's a, as much as I have a love hate relationship with the Buffalo fan base, uh, it does suck that they're not here. And, 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 you know, to see a bunch of you guys, like, you know, obviously it would be cool to see you out here and uh, go get dinner and talk trash about Josh Allen. And then, uh, you know, some, some of the other, some of the other folks in the media too. And, and my family would have been out here to, to come hang out and watch the game. So it's kind of, it's sucks. so fun. It's so funny. People think that I'm like this Josh Allen Stan. I, I'm really not. I just think that uh, you the are. other no, it's really, it's really not. And, and I get, I get kind of frustrated with, and not, not so much you, but like some kind of, some of the, you know, analytic guys that like, ah, oh, you just like you're a Josh Allen fan. No, I'm really, I'm really yeah, because, not. Cause they're right. What I like, what I like about what he does is that he gives you so many different options as a player. You know, you look around the league, like there's so many guys that are limited. He doesn't have any limitations on his game. You're right. Sometimes he does go into, I think, I think you said it uh, on the radio yesterday, like this, this brain dead mode or like he's, he's not really thinking out there, but you know, it's sports. It's a game sometimes like, you know, that's okay. And I, I don't, we'll see how it plays out. I think that they're going to win a lot of games with him. Um, he also has a lot of trouble understanding situations. I think like he plays, he sometimes with a 17 point lead plays like you're down 24 in the fourth quarter. Like, what is right. that? So I, I think, and maybe you can grow into that. I, I don't know. Like I listen, I covered him in college. So mm-hmm. this is, this is a longstanding, uh, you know, a longstanding observation of him. And it, it's kind of been the same for a long time. I like, I don't know that it ever changes. Maybe it does. Maybe this is a sign that things are changing, but uh, I, I do think people are getting a little bit carried away uh, with what it is. And the last thing, and you, you said this, Hey, are you willing to admit you're wrong about Josh Allen the last two years? No, nothing. He could have, 
He could be an MVP the next 12 years. Doesn't change the fact that he was garbage the last two. Like that that's that doesn't change anything going forward. He could he could be a Hall of Famer win every Super Bowl, still bad those first two years. And see, that's that's the thing. You're jumping off the bridge with that take because he wasn't garbage last year. He had the six most touchdowns in the NFL. Was he great? Was he in the MVP oh. conversation? Of course not. But I, I would have taken him last year, Josh, over a, a big chunk of this league's quarterbacks. Garbage was a garbage was a bad word. I shouldn't say All right, that. But he was right. he was not not he was not not a top half of the league quarterback. Listen, we we jousted on this back a few months ago. Go listen to that episode if you want more Adam Hill. Uh, we gotta let you go because we're going over. Thanks so much, man. I appreciate it. Have any, fun this weekend. Anytime, guys. Good talking to All you. All right, take care, man. All right, so we're moving right along. Before we continue, a little word from our sponsor. Ready for football? With every game a home game, Tops is ready for you with its TV a day giveaway. For six weeks, every day you shop is a new chance to win a massive 70-inch 4K TV. Shop Tops for the best deals in town, in-store, or online to win. All right, we are going to shoot through this last segment. We will give you our prediction before we get out of here. Um, late game, 4 o'clock start on um, Sunday, Ryan, a little bit different. Uh, we're so used to those one o'clock starts here in Buffalo over the course over the years, but man, there's been a lot of late night football this year, a lot of prime time action. Um, but in terms of storylines, and we we kind of hit on a couple of those things, but you know, we talked a little it, it over a little bit before the show, and one of the big ones is this defense just you know riding the ship, if you will. And I I really will say, like we talked to Mike Hyde today, and you know. These guys are, there's a lot of veterans on this defense at every level. You know, you look at Matt Milano, who's in his uh, fourth year. You look at uh, Jerry Hughes, who's a, a super veteran, and Mario Addison. And then Micah Hyde, Jordan Poyer, and even Tredavious White, who's in his fourth year. I mean, these guys have been through a lot of, you know, adversity in this league. And Micah basically said, listen, if I if I knew it was going wrong, I think we would have rectified it already. They're, they're kind of working through that right now. But what he did say is the focus is on fundamentals, on technique. And I know this, oh, those are cliches, but if you keep banging that drum, you know, tackling, getting, getting to the ball, you know, reacting quicker. I think that these guys, you know, just got to get their reaction time up a little bit and we could start to see things change. But I think this is a big game to get things right for this defense. And I think this is a great opportunity for this defense to get things right. Uh, as we talked about on the show here, the, their top two wide receivers are out. You're talking about Zay Jones, Nelson Aguilar, uh, not exactly an all-star cast at wide receiver coming into this game that the Bills have to face off against. Good chance you might be seeing Josh Norman back with uh, the, the news say that Cam Lewis was waived or released, and you have Norman practicing, so another veteran you can get into the mix there in the secondary. Uh, the big thing is going to be the run defense and Josh Jacobs, the yards per carry are down, but he, he's going to get a, a big workload. Uh, and the bills couldn't stop Daryl Henderson last week. Henderson was running wild on them for whatever reason. Sean McDermott kind of alluded when uh, someone's asking what had, did it have to do with getting out of your, their gaps? And he kind of said, yeah, you know, that's kind of what it was at the end of the day. And we've heard gap integrity over the course of his uh, time in Buffalo over the years. That's what it's going to come down to. And who knows what's going on, you know, with Ed Oliver, if he plays, maybe they bring up Justin Zimmer again uh, from the practice squad. I thought Zimmer had a really nice game against the run with that Jets in game uh, week one. So I, I just feel like this is a great opportunity for this defense to get right, uh, both against the run and in, in terms of uh, defending the pass. It's just going to be interesting to see how they 
uh, what they do to kind of rattle Derek Carr and what they do to try to maybe create some turnovers to get them off the field quickly. Well, you hope Vernon Butler gets a little bit healthier. Obviously, he's been working his way back from that hamstring in camp and hasn't looked. I mean, his snap count, you know, his first game back was wasn't anywhere where I thought it was going to be. I mean, I thought he'd figure it into being that starting one tech. And you could also see how much they missed Starla Tule. Listen, mm-hmm. you know, I think a lot of fans sometimes forget, like, for all the faith that you place in Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott, you know, with all these decisions that they made, whether it be the, the guys that they've drafted or they signed, you know, a lot of people look to that star contract and, you know, they hem and haw about it. But listen, they paid a premium for what star does. He is a space eater. He eats up blocks. He takes double teams so other guys can kind of eat a little bit. And without that now, you're asking Quentin Jefferson, who I think is playing out of position. I think he's a one technique or a three technique, a guy that can rush on the edge as well. Uh, so you're asking him to kind of now start to take on the, that role. And I don't think he's necessarily built for that. So if you give Vernon Butler healthy and maybe move him into that role a, a little bit more regularly, I think that could be interesting. And I also think, listen, Harrison Phillips, we knew that this was going to be a little bit of a, um, a little bit of a process to get him back to hundred percent. Leslie Frazier spoke about it a few days ago. Um, but the good news for the bills defense and for fans I think Tremaine Edmonds taking off the red non-contact today, being a full participant in practice, that's huge because, yeah, you need your defensive line to, you know, the gap integrity to be there for them to make, you know, make plays near the ball. But you also need a healthy Tremaine Edmonds to fly around and make tackles. He he wasn't very good last week. And, and, he, and he said it, Sean said it, Leslie said it, you know, he had to kind of grit through that performance. And you hope that he is closer to 100% this week. That can mean, you know, him – producing more against the run. And then obviously Matt Milano, you're going to rely on him quite a bit to, to go up against Darren Waller. Yeah. You know, Edmonds, uh, you're right. He wasn't hundred percent last week. It led to some misplays on the field, but I think that's to be expected when you're talking about a shoulder injury. So you, you hit it on the head with, uh, with the red contact Jersey coming off. That means he's probably starting to feel a little bit more like himself, probably going to see some more opportunities for him to make some plays here. Uh, so that that's pretty promising. Uh, Waller, that's my big matchup. And, you know, going back to that Patriots game, the Patriots were were so smart. And it's something Belichick always does. He had linebackers on Waller. The Bills have linebackers that can cover him, specifically, as you mentioned, Milano. He had cornerbacks, safeties. The Bills are loaded in those two areas as well. So there's some opportunities there for the Bills to really frustrate Waller take away Carr's best weapon in the passing game, especially with those wide receivers out, and then make life really tough. The other thing that they did was uh, on those third down plays where Carr likes to get it out quick, go short, they were kind of uh, double teaming or or kind of, I don't know, I just felt like they had a lot of coverage on those guys underneath, those guys running the short routes, and Carr didn't really know what to do. So it'll be interesting to see what the Bills do, what they take from the Patriots game plan. Uh, obviously, the Bills are their own team. They're going to do their own sh- uh, things based on their own strengths. But there, there was some things in that game last week between the Patriots and the Raiders that I think the Bills could do and do very well to frustrate the Raiders on Sunday. Yeah, offensively, they just they looked like Adam said they looked like they were uh, committed to trying to run the ball. It never really worked. They were in position. I thought, you know, one takeaway I had from that first half is. I think that this this New England offense is going to struggle to move the ball through the air, push the ball down the field. They don't have any weapons down there. And kill Harry. I mean, 
he's so big. And I don't think that there's that ability to separate at the second and third level. I think they could really struggle. And, you know, as a Bills fan, I'm probably, you're probably sitting there, you know, excited to hear that because, you know, uh, that that's your main competition, the AFC East. But I think, um, you know, this is a situation where I think that if, if the bills can go on the road with their offense, that is not only scoring at a high rate, but the number two passing offense in the league, you attack, you know, you attack through the air, you attack, you know, uh, you know, Brian Dable, a guy that's being celebrated around the league, you dial thing, some things up and, and you try to, you know, go after Abrams and you try to really test Mullins. And if they're not going to travel to cover digs, whoever lines up on digs could be, have themselves a long day. So I think to your point, uh, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Utilize the play action. Uh, the Raiders have really struggled against the run, especially last week against New England, giving up 250 yards on the ground. Uh, obviously get Singletary going. If Moss is back, get him going a little bit, but use that play action to your advantage, get those matchups, get the defense to kind of bite on those plays. And you, like you said, stretch the field. They've been hitting on the big plays, whether you're talking intermediate or deep. And I think they're going to be there again on Sunday. Yeah, uh, my big matchup to watch in this game is Devin Singletary against that second level, that linebacker unit um, for the Raiders. Uh, they have one linebacker. I'm probably going to mispronounce his name, uh, Nick Kiewitakowski. Uh, he he has appeared on the injury report. I think that there is some uh, hope that he does play. Uh, we'll see if that's the case. But Corey Littleton, who the, who the Raiders signed in free agency, has been a, a pretty big disappointment. And so I think that you know, one of the key storylines to go along with this matchup to watch, and I'll talk about Singletary in a second, is this offensive line and really establishing the run in this game. And I, I think that they can attack with the pass, and I wouldn't be surprised if Allen throws it 40 times in this game just because of what I think they can do against the secondary. Um, but I think you do want to get uh, Devin Singletary going in this game, get him a little bit more touches. I thought last week I kind of was almost hungry to see him uh, get the ball a little bit more. What he did with 13 carries was the Devin Singletary that we saw a year ago. So if you add Zach Moss, sprinkle him back in a little bit, I think this running game can do very well against this Raiders defense. Yeah, uh, I, I think so too. Like, you know, based on what we saw from the Bills themselves, but like you said, also based on what we've seen from the Raiders over these last few weeks. Uh, Singletary, though, over, you know, 120 some yards total between running and uh, receiving. So he, the talents there, uh, our guest Adam tonight mentioned that the Raiders are, are among the worst teams in the league in terms of uh, missed tackles. Uh, that's something that Singletary does really well in terms of his elusiveness, that one step, that cut. So I think that he can kind of uh, eat in that regard too on Sunday where you get him the ball, uh, whether it's in the backfield or whether it's in the passing game, he can make some guys really miss, look foolish, and get some extra yards, uh, whether it's through the air or on the ground. So really think a lot of opportunities for this Bills offense will be will be presented to them on Sunday. Mm -hmm. offensive line uh we're, we're tracking tomorrow out of practice if Deion dawkins with that shoulder injury remains in the red non-contact jersey he was in it today uh i saw one warm-up uh they were working on some install um down on the opposite end and it looked like it was the same configuration on the offensive line as last week with winners at right guard cody ford at left guard and mitch morse at center obviously with Daryl, Daryl Williams at the at right tackle. So that could be the plan again this week. Obviously John Feliciano, who's eligible to come off of IR this week has not been out of practice. So the anticipation is at this point, uh, he's probably not going to factor into things. And if they don't activate him by Saturday, he has to spend three more weeks at least on, on IR. So that'll be something interesting to watch. I saw a question in here about John Brown. 
He was practicing today. He looked pretty good. I will. I didn't tweet it, but I did notice he did not take part in the one-on-ones. Go ahead over to my Twitter account right now, and and some of the other reporters had some good views. I think the Bills put one out too. There were some fun one-on-one matchups, and and it was get, it was contentious today, Ryan. Um, defensive backs coach John Butler was screaming like I can't really talk about what he was saying, but he was he was really you know. Uh, into it and he he was cheering on his guys and he wanted his guys to show up his defensive backs and win against the receivers those are always really tough um matchups for those guys so um yeah i think that that could be uh yeah yeah and the blue snowball is picking up the the extracurricular in the background but hey we have top quality audio equipment here and 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 that's okay that's okay i can even hear your chair Oh, can you? Sorry, I'll, I'll try to sit still. That that was actually the cat food. Our, we have a little timer on the cat food that comes out at nine. So, you know, that that's my thing now. So, yeah, my apologies. You're right. These things do pick up everything, though. It's, it's pretty amazing. I'm, you know what I'm going to get you next? I'm going to get you a swivel so you could swivel your computer screen and it'll go right to the cat so we could see the, there we, the food yeah, going watch down. Him and race just... down. Exactly. Cat has an impressive 40 time when he when he hears that. He's upstairs and he like jets down. He'll <laughs> jump over the dog. It's It's impressive. All right. Prediction time. Uh, this weekend, it is going to be the Buffalo Bills at the Las Vegas Raiders. Start us off, Ryan. Who you got winning and uh, how does it go? I have the Bills winning 30 to 13. 30 to 13. All right. All right. I like that. They're going on the road. I do like this matchup, um, but I'm a little bit hesitant to go over 30 again. Maybe I shouldn't be. Maybe I should just you know go over 30 with you, but I'm going to go. 25 to 12 Buffalo Bills win four field goals. I think this defense gets right, really frustrates Derek Carr and this offense without a lot of weapons. It's a long day for Josh Jacobs as they, you know, hope to rely upon him. And I think, you know, maybe it doesn't lead to 30 plus points, but I think this is going to be a big day for the receiving core for the Bills. Final thoughts. Uh, final thoughts. You know, Bills have a great opportunity to go to four and L. A lot of talk on social media today, though, about the next game, which is against the Titans. The fact that the Titans will be coming off of a quote unquote buy. Uh, you know, it's not like the Titans plan this. Uh, I get why some Bills fans would be upset about the fact that now they have some extra preparations, but it sounds like they're not going to be able to go into their building here anytime soon. Don't know if we're going to even uh, see some of these players. I know that they get retested and that will determine whether they play in that this game against the Bills, but. You know, don't look too far ahead. There's still this Raiders game on Sunday. Well, I think the Bills are in a really good shot or a really good place to move to 4-0. And, you know, don't look ahead. Let's let's take this one first or if, if you're a Bills fan and then look ahead to that Titans game next week. All right. Uh, he is Ryan Talbot. I am Matt Perino. Uh, definitely head over to the website tomorrow and all throughout the weekend. We'll have you covered with any news. Uh, anything that you need to know leading up to kickoff, 4 o'clock on Sunday in Vegas. It's going to be fun to watch. Uh, he is Ryan Talbot. I'm Matt Perino. This has been the Shout, a Buffalo Bills football podcast. Uh, subscribe, rate, and review on all the audio platforms. I always got to get it in. Smash that like button if you're watching on YouTube. And we will see you on Sunday right after the game, right before, probably right before um, uh, Sunday Night Football, and we'll break it all down for you guys. Thank you so much for watching, and we will see you on Sunday. Take care, guys. Ready for football? Tops is with ready-to-serve fan favorites everyone will cheer for. Delicious family or party packs like pizza, sliders, fried chicken, barbecue, or beef on whack. Starting at only $4 per serving. Perfect for game day and any day. Only at Tops.